All right, let me put the message up. It is up. Thank you, Lord. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for tonight. We just thank you for this time where we get to be in your word now. Lord, on my best day of preaching, I can't really preach with an anointing unless you come. Unless you fill it, Lord. Unless you use me as a vessel. So, Lord, I just say tonight, please, let me have ears to hear. Let our congregation have ears to hear. And let us hear what you would speak. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Michelle and I just got back from the East Coast. We're in New York. And it's good to be here. It's good to be here. We're on planes, trains, and automobiles. I think there was like six different vehicles we used on our journey home. I said, Michelle, do you realize that we were in like six different vehicles today? Trains, buses, uh, cars, and planes. It's pretty interesting. But before I get into the message, I will just tell you a couple things. Pastor Larry mentioned that I would speak about world events, so we'll talk about that in a second. But I just want to say, we, we got a chance to stand right on the Hudson River. I don't know if you've ever been there or not. In Jersey City. Jersey. Right across the bay of Hudson. And uh, see the Freedom Tower and the restored complex there where the trade towers once stood. And I was in those towers. I don't know how many of you guys have been in the old, old towers, but I was in there. There used to be a shopping mall underneath. I grew up going there, and then to see 18 years, 17, 18 years later, it fully restored was amazing to me and inspirational, and it reminded me that God is a God of restoration, and it's a supernatural thing that, you know, if you look at all these things, what is it, about 17 years after 2001, right? Now we're seeing, you know, amazing things taking place in our world, too, so that's a great segue into this week, which only... About six months ago, our nation was praying. In fact, from this very pulpit, I prayed, and, and Pastor Lorraine prayed, many of us prayed during prayer gatherings and meetings, that you know we wouldn't go to nuclear war with, with Korea, North Korea, if you recall that. And it was very tense. It was a very tense time period. And so, you know, we're not going to count our chickens before they roost or whatnot here. We don't know the full, the full story yet. You know, we're seeing it develop. But I will tell you this, it's very encouraging to see the President of the United States meeting with Kim Jong-un and the possibility of peace on the Korean Peninsula after all these years of war. So I do believe God is responding to the prayers of the saints and we should just give them praise for that real quick, amen? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. What a, what a beautiful thing. And uh, there's talk and you know we don't know how it's gonna develop, like I said, but there's talk of possibly letting Christianity come into North Korea, and that would be just unbelievable to think of those people that have been suppressed and oppressed under this regime for many, many years, and so God is moving, and how many of you guys know that in Korea, it's the biggest church, South Korea, the biggest church in the world is out there. There's been a move of God that's been going on in South Korea for quite some time. In fact, I know pastors and missionaries that love to go out there because of the fire that the people have been on fire for the Lord out there. And so I believe this is a direct answer to the prayers, not only of those in South Korea, but around the world that have been praying for this. And I can just remember for those that were alive, you know, when the Berlin Wall came down, remember? And, and Ronald Reagan was the president at the time. He said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. And God is, is doing something similar. It's a different thing, but praise God. Let's pray that the that the barriers of, of Christianity that have held 
you know, these people in captivity, slave camps out there, all kinds of horrible things that they've been, you know, these work release camps where these people have to work in, in, in just treacherous conditions, the famine that this, this nation has been under due to a lot of the sanctioning that it's been under and, and just the regime's oppression, like I mentioned. So we're believing that God is going to continue to strip away communism and suppression, oppression, and that there's going to be a revival like we've never seen before. So that's what we're believing, and we're just thanking God. And don't listen to the naysayers that say it's not possible. Don't listen to the negative Nellies out there that are saying all the bad stuff. Let's just pray and believe and speak life over the situation, and we'll see what God will do. Amen? Amen. All right. Let's talk about this now. I want to talk about being blessed outside your comfort zone. Now, you know, I spoke about this a few years ago, but this is a little bit updated version. And it's because I, I, I asked the Lord, what should I talk about tonight? And we just got back, we were inspired. You know, we, we saw this restoration. Some of you have experienced tremendous restoration in your life. I've experienced restoration in mine over the years. Every one of us has probably had something traumatic, some more than others, but we've also seen God do just some amazing things over the years. And so, you know, what I really believe is that God is getting us prepared now, and it's been a long season. It's been a due season, and I'm speaking corporately for the church and for you if you've been praying for a long time, but I believe many of us are going to be stepping into a promised land season. And so, you know, there's, there's a couple things we need to do to prepare for that. So if you got your Bibles... Uh, why don't you turn to the book of Joshua? And I love this book because if you know the story of Joshua, he was the one that got to see the promised land. Amen? Amen. So we want to be a Joshua generation. So we're going to turn to Joshua 5 and we're going to read beginning. And I'm going to read a lot of scripture and then we're going to talk about it. So I'm going to start right here in Joshua 5 2. And it says, At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives for yourself and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. So Joshua made flint knives for himself and circumcised the sons of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people, not some, all the people who came out of Egypt were males. All the men of war. Uh, you know, had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. Let's read that again. That all the people who came out of Egypt who were males, not, not everybody that came out of Egypt was a male. I'm saying, this is what it's saying. All the people that were males were men of war and they had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. So for all the people who came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness on the way as they came out of Egypt, had not been circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people who were men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed. They died. Because they did not obey the voice of the Lord, to whom the Lord swore that he would not show them the land which the Lord had sworn to their fathers that he would give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So then Joshua circumcised their sons, whom he had raised up in their place, for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on that way. We're going to continue reading in verse 5, 8. I'm sorry, chapter 5, verse 8. It says, So it was that when they had finished circumcised all the people, that they stayed in their places in the camp till they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. 
Therefore, the name of the place shall be called a Gilgal to this day. Continuing on in 510, I told you I'd read a lot of scripture. We're going to talk about it right after. But I want you to get the full breadth of this story. So it says, continuing on, Now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day in the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. And they ate a produce of the land on the day after the Passover, unleavened bread and parched grain on that very same day. Then the manna on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land and the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. Lots of stuff going on here. Let me explain what just took place. So there, were, there was a, a, a generation of, of people, which was the nation of Israel, the people of Israel, and they had come out of Egypt. So God delivered them. Do you guys remember the story of Moses? How many of you guys have seen? There's a lot of depictions of it. I think there's even a cartoon version. But do you know the story of Moses pretty much? Everybody here pretty much? Well, if not, then study because that's not what this message is about tonight. But... There was a captivity that took place where the children of Israel were in captivity in Egypt, which was a great empire of that time. And after many, many things that took place, the children of Israel were finally released, and they were, they were basically on their way to the promised land. So like many of us, the children of Israel probably in their minds thought that, hey, I just got delivered from my captivity. Now God is going to move like he said he was going to do. And we're going to walk right into this land filled with milk and honey. And that's how it's going to go down. Right? Have you ever felt like that before? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I just got through my test, my trial, my season. You know, now the breakthrough comes. And the Lord told me he's going to do this in my life. So therefore, that's going to happen right now. Right? And then some time goes by. Right? Some time goes by, and it still hasn't taken place. And this is the time when we begin to sometimes doubt God, doubt what he said. In fact, some of those people in that generation actually wanted to turn back and go into captivity because this new season was so uncomfortable for them. Have you ever wanted to go back to a place that God's already taken you out of? In fact, I'll tell you something. Sometimes we glorify our past. Anybody here ever done that? You ever heard of those guys that sit and they just talk about how great everything was back in the day? You know those people? We got a lot of those people in the valley. I grew up in the valley for most of my life. And I remember sitting around fires in the summertime or at night or whatever. And everybody was just hanging out. And everybody would just talk about how great and everything was so awesome back in the day. You ever heard somebody talk about that? Well, a lot of, a lot of times we as humans tend to glorify our past. Our old job. If we could just have that job back. Our whole relationship. Man, if I could just get that person back. Things were so good back then. And for some reason, we forget all the reasons why we left the job or why we're not in that relationship anymore, right? right. We forgot all the nights. And then sometimes people do go back to their Egypt and then they realize it was a lot different than what they were thinking it was. And so we as humans tend to do this, and this is what the children of Israel were doing in this time, because they were in an in-between season. They were, they were in between the promise, and they were in between leaving their captivity. So something had happened, something had taken place, God moved and you know, answered prayers. It was miraculous that Pharaoh had let the children of Israel go, but at the same time, they didn't quite get to their breakthrough yet. And they doubted God. And so God actually, after a long season, he was given a manna. 
He was giving them, you know, uh, leadership by showing them which way to go by night. You know, I mean, he was guiding his people, taking care of their needs. Come on. Sometimes he takes care of our needs, but he gives us just enough. And that's what was happening with these people who had just been delivered from captivity. They had, you know, visions of grandeur. The Bible says, be careful of vain imaginations. They had, you know, already heard the prophecy. You're going to go to a land full of milk and honey. And so they, they were getting mad, but that wasn't good enough. And so they started doubting God. And if you know the story, that generation actually, you know, didn't believe the promise when the spies went and saw the people in the promised land. And, you know, all these things happened. They basically got denied entry to the promised land. And so a whole generation that had been basically, you know, the ones that were so blessed that were taken out of captivity because the children of Israel were slaves for a long time. So this was the generation that actually got out. But that same generation who had been blessed with the man and who had been taken out of captivity, God started to get fed up. Yeah. And how many know you don't want God getting fed up with you? Well, God got fed up to this generation. And so the people that came out, they did know how to fight. They were circumcised. But for some reason, they doubted God even with the manna and even with all that he had already done. And it makes me think about how many times God has delivered us from some ridiculous situations and done some ridiculously amazing things in our life, and yet for some reason, we don't give him credit for it, do we? He'll, he'll take us out of, of the worst situation. How many times have you prayed with somebody and it's just like they were in the worst situation and time goes by and God delivered and you're like, wow, look what God did in their life. And how many times, and this could be us we're talking about, but how many times do you see people forget what God did and, and not give him the due credit and then start finding to find all these reasons why they should go back to their past life and glorifying their past? This is literally what was going on here. So this whole generation got denied. They didn't really want to walk in faith. They didn't really want to trust God. They didn't really believe that God was going to not only give them victory over these Ites on the land because the new land was filled with people that were that were they called the ites that were on the land, you know? And they didn't believe they could fight these people. They didn't believe that they could actually win. Right. And so a whole generation of people didn't get to see their promise. And you know what the thing about this whole thing is, is that the Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, day, and forever. And so, yes, we're in a new covenant and you know we're in a new season, and you know, after Jesus came and died on the cross for us. But at the same time, the ways of God in many ways, you know, are pretty much the same, right? Nothing new under the sun. You ever heard that scripture? So when we doubt God and when we don't trust Him and we don't think He's able to do something, how many know that people miss out on the promised land? You say, but Todd, how can that be? If it's meant to be, it's, it'll be, right? I think there's songs that say that. And there's, there's all kinds of people. That's like a phrase nowadays. You know, if it's meant to be, it'll be. How many times do you guys hear people say that, right? But how many know that sometimes we are just like the children of Israel where we don't believe that he's going to do what he said he's going to do. And I think sometimes, in fact, I know that God says, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. You know what? You don't believe. You don't have the faith. And the Bible clearly says without the faith, it's impossible to please God. So you know what? He holds back people from going to their promising. It's not because he wants to. It's not because he can't do it, because clearly he can. 
He's doing it because people are basically looking at their situation and saying it's too big and I guess God's not going to be able to do it. And so that is what's happening. So we need to take a lesson from this because this is a big, important deal. That's why we got to be open for change. If you think of the book of Joshua, you know, if you're going to possess the promises of God, you have to be willing to fight for it. If you're taking notes, write that down. If you're going to possess the promises of God, you have to be willing to fight for it. It's not going to be easy because if it was easy, anybody could do it. God wants you to step up and fill the shoes that he wants you to fill. If it was easy, anybody could do it. If he chose you, he wants to make you exceptional, extraordinary, out of the ordinary, so that we are able to exceed the boundaries of ordinary. And that we would dare to do something spectacular or phenomenal because we're trusting a God that is spectacular and phenomenal. Amen. And that is the atmosphere of this text of Joshua. That is where we are here. These are a new generation. These are the children of the captives. It's a group of uncircumcised people. The males. Don't, don't start squirming in your seat, gentlemen. We're going we're gonna to talk about the pain that these guys went through in a few minutes. But you got to think about this. You know, sometimes something that was meant to happen when you were, you were a child, I was a child, sometimes we need to take care of that when we're an adult. And it's more painful. How many of you guys know that? Sometimes something that we were meant to, maybe, you know how many times you meet somebody, and let's just be honest, that, you know, they might be a great person, but they still haven't fully grown up all the way. They still haven't fully matured all the way. And why is that many times? It's because something in their past has never been resolved. Right. Something has never been resolved. So sometimes we need to go back, not to look back. We don't want to look back. But sometimes we need to get to the root of the problem. That's right. And say, you know what? I've never actually got healing for this. Right. And God is, is, is calling me out to step forward in faith and get beyond all the things that I'm basically putting as roadblocks in my life and trusting in him and stepping out in faith. Amen. So he wants us to do something extraordinary. This book's content. These are the children of those in the Ten Commandments. Just so you know who they are. They're, they're, they're no people that, you know, these are not the people, excuse me, that God has done more. These are the people that he brought out of Egypt. It's not those people. I just said that. It's not those people. These are the children of those people. And he has been showing himself. This is super key and crucial and important. And we got to get this again. He has been showing himself daily, daily, producing miracles and signs and wonders in these people's lives. And yet because of our lack of faith as humanity, they don't even believe that God can do it. But yet he's been feeding them with manna, like I said. He's been literally doing miracles, signs and wonders every day. And yet they still have doubt. So there's hope for us, right? There's hope. Say there's hope. Tell your neighbor there's hope. There's hope. I've seen miracles, signs, and wonders. I don't know if you guys have. I hope you have. But you know what? I'll tell you something. Just watching a child born is a miracle. You know, getting up in the morning and breathing with the intricacy of the human body is a miracle. Watching a sunset. I don't know if you guys have done that lately, but take some time and do it one day. 
Get up early and watch the sunrise. It's a miracle. We live in a world full of miracles and signs and wonders. But see, just like the people of Israel that were getting fed with the manna and all the supplements of the Lord, they began to take it for granted. And sometimes that's what we do. Sometimes we take the miracles that God does every single day in our life. I've never seen, and trust me, I'm not talking smack here, but I've never seen a more depressed generation than this generation. I've never dealt in the ministry in, in the years that, you know, my mom was a minister when I was a little kid. I, I've grown up, we grew up in the church, you know. Never have I seen the amount of depression that I see now. The amount of hopelessness that I see now. The world is so ripe for a revival and the world needs Jesus. And that's who we've got. Amen? Amen. It is time. But he needs people to step up in an extraordinary way. So let's just go over some of the things. I kind of talked about this a little bit. But let's just review. Okay? He fought for these people's enemies. Right? He, he delivered them from the, from the captivity. He brought them out of Egypt and... You know, they're going towards the promised land. He, he released, you know, he did all these things, boils, lice, frogs. You know, he turned the water into blood. He parted the Red Sea. This, these are the people that doubted, that saw all these things happen. Okay? He, you know, when their enemies tried to follow them, I don't know if you guys saw this in the movie or whatever, when the chariots all get hit by the big wave, right, and get washed away, he even did that. I'll tell you a story in my life. When I was coming to the Lord, you know, there was people that I had beef with. Some of you guys understand what that means, and some think it's a sandwich or a, a, a burger. If you think it's a burger, then go to McDonald's after. I don't know what to tell you. But beef was 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 a, an argument, a conflict, you know? And I, you know, lived a life in the world that was foolish, I was dumb, I made mistakes, I, I did stupid, foolish things, you know? And I'm not saying that I was, like, unsuccessful all the way around, but... I'm just saying there was things that I did before Christ that were really foolish and some after Christ, right? But the truth is, is, is that when I came to Christ, I knew that there needed to be a miracle that would happen in my life. I knew that God was going to have to do some miraculous things because that was the only way that I was going to move forward. Some of you guys can relate. You know, there was no way for me to move forward and to get a clean slate like the Bible says unless he truly did something miraculous. And so in, in a hypothetical type of way, the Lord did wash my enemies away as well. Right. He gave me another chance, and I'm eternally grateful, and I thank him every day for that. But, you know, this is what he did for these people, too. You know, he gave them a pillar of fire by night. This is amazing, unbelievable. A cloud of smoke by day. You know, when they came to the poisonous waters of Mara, speaks about that in, in, this, in the same context. You know, he put a healing component in the water. You know, he set the water out of a rock. I don't know if you guys remember seeing that in the movie when they hit it with the rock and the water came out. You know, but, you know, the rock, and then, and then let the rock follow them. What the heck? Really? Does it say that? The rock followed them too? You know, when they got hungry, they were fed by manna. And, and he also sent pheasant to eat. You know? I mean, they had it pretty good. So we got to tell ourselves as if God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. Your enemies will not triumph child of God over you. Somebody needs to hear that tonight. In Hebrews 4, 2, it says, For we also had good news proclaimed to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. This is so crucial. God wants an obedient people. And when he says something extraordinary, we can't limit him. 
You know, in a few minutes, I want to give everybody in this room one of these cards. Because you know what? I have to say, the Lord has been telling me, we've been a little bit stagnant inviting people to church. He's saying, step it up, church. The hour is getting late. Step it up. Amen. That's what he's saying. Yes. You know? And he's saying, look, I gave you a mandate. I gave you a commission. And sometimes we're so caught up in our situation that we forget about the manna. We forget about all the things. And we're focused on the lacking. And we're focused on the things that haven't happened yet. And, 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 and we get caught up in this place. And we're just caught up in it. And it becomes, it consumes us. It consumes us. What we haven't got yet. And what hasn't happened. And what hasn't been answered. You know? And, and, and God's just saying, look, praise me through this. Praise me through this. So, was God done? Have you ever seen somebody put up their hand, I'm done? Have you ever seen anybody do that? Don't look at your wife or husband. I'm done. You ever seen anybody do that? I'm done. Well, God, was he done? The whole generation except two died in the wilderness. I guess he was, huh? God dealt with this generation. Sometimes God deals with people corporately. What do you mean, Tom? What I mean is that if a nation does not repent. Sometimes God allows the nation to suffer the consequence of sin. Have we seen that historically? What about Sodom, right? What about Gomorrah, right? Have we seen people suffer, you know, corporately in, in various situations because of the president of their country, a dictator in their nation, things that they've done? Have we seen Hitler, for instance, right? So there, there's times when a, when a nation suffers because of leadership. So this is what happened here, is that there was a lack of faith and an entire generation didn't make it to a land that they were promised because they limited God. So this is the children. We're back to them again. Born on the run. They're born on the run. They're born between these two locations. They're in between this and that. Okay? And they were not indoctrinated with the philosophies of the Egyptians. They were not, you know, enunciated with the power of the promised land. Inundated, excuse me. But because they had not attained it yet. So they were literally in between the middle. There were people that were born in the middle. Some of us in this room feel like we're stuck. We're in the middle. Do you feel like that sometimes? You're stuck. I hear it all the time. People say, Pastor, you don't understand. I've been going through this for a long time. You don't understand. The struggle has been like years now. It's not just an overnight thing. I know you tell me it's going to get better, but you don't understand. I've been stuck. People say it all the time. And I, and I understand because I've been there too. So I get it. And we want to get unstuck. So how do we do it? So how do we do it? In fact, the Bible even says this. It says if you're lukewarm, neither hot and cold, what's he going to do? He's going to spit us out. And yet we see a generation of people, even here in the United States, that can't even really fully claim the gospel of Jesus. There's a, there's a watering down. We talk about it often. Where people want to take parts of the Bible. And then they don't want to take the other parts. We only preach parts of the Bible. That's what people tell me. What? What are you talking about? But there's, there's this is what's going on. So the question, you know, we have is how we had to call on the name of the Lord. I don't know about you, but if everything is always good and easy in my life, sometimes that's when I get really complacent. That's when I get really apathetic. That's when I just, you know, I'm cruising. It's easy. I'm cruising along. You know, how many of you guys have a car that has cruise control? Yeah. And on a long trip, you can press cruise, right? And you don't even, you can take your foot off. There's not a car in front of you for miles. 
You take your foot off and you just drive. It's so easy, right? It's not like driving and bumper to bumper traffic where you're stopping and going every couple of minutes. You get cruising. That's what people do in life. We get cruising. You know, we're used to the same routine and we don't want to break out of it. You know, and we, and we just get used to it. It's stagnant. That's exactly what the enemy wants to see the church to look like. He wants the church to be stagnant. Not handing out cards like this. You know what happens? When we first started as a church many years ago, we were good. We went out, we evangelized, all these things happened. Now, is that still going on? Yeah, it happens, of course. But I can tell you, in reflection of myself and other things that I remember, is, is that there may be a little bit of a lowering of that. We may have kind of forgot to invite people like we once did. You know, when I was in New York and, and I got to see some people that we knew, you know, there were family members that I love, and they've been going to church, and I realized, wow, you know, some of them, not all of them, but some of them came to the Lord through this ministry. Wow, in New York. How is that possible? Somebody got mad at me the other day because sometimes I post a sermon online. And I just want to tell you guys, it's not for self-promotion, I promise you. The reason why we do this is because there's people that don't go to church that watch these messages. And you know what? Now they go to church. And, and you know what? They're bringing people to church. It was humbling to watch. These are precious people of God. Brethren, God has given us amazing tools in this hour. We have no excuse. And he's saying, look, don't be complacent. So, you know, when I call on the name of the Lord a few times in my life, I'll tell you, I remember you can think about this, visualize it, but the season of your lowest low. The season when, when it was the worst time. You say, well, maybe that's right now. You don't know my situation. Maybe it is. Maybe right now. Maybe you need to hear this tonight. I believe somebody does need to hear this tonight. But maybe it is your lowest season. Maybe you just got out of it. Or maybe you're recalling it right now in your mind. But whatever it is in your life, wherever you're at right now, I think we can all remember a season where we had to call on the name of the Lord because it was so rough that that was our only option. You guys know what I'm talking about? Maybe it was a divorce. Maybe it was after something really tragic happened. Maybe somebody died. Maybe you've been abused. There's all kinds of things that we go through in life, isn't it? But the thing is that we, we remember, I remember a time when I had to get on my face and cry out to the Lord because that was the only thing that I could do. And the Lord was faithful. And so think about that question. God, I need you right now. The children of Israel, their children, the children of the generation that were set free, they did get to go to the promised land. But here's the thing. Something had to happen that was super painful. They had to, as an adult, get circumcised. They had to, as an adult, take care of things that should have happened years ago. See, it's never too late with God. You say, what are you saying here? I'm saying is that it's never too late with God. Sometimes people have not done what God asked them to do many years ago. And I'm going to tell you that this happens to me too. So we're all in this together. Sometimes I'm, I'm asking the Lord, why have I not got a breakthrough on this yet? Some of us are still in a job that God told us to leave years ago. But we got used to being stuck. See, that's what the new wine skin is. There's churches that are called new wine. You ever wonder why they're called that? Because new wine doesn't fit into old white skin. 
What was good for 2001 may not be good for right now. God is calling us out. He's calling us into a new season. Things have changed in our world. I don't know if you noticed. Things have changed in our lives. I don't know if you noticed. He takes us from glory to glory. He's moving in your life right now. God, I need you. So here's the thing. Gilgal. It literally means circle. It was the last stop before the promised land. I'm speaking prophetically tonight. Somebody in this room is in the last stop before the promised land. God say, do not give up now. Do not give up now. You say, what do you mean? I'm tired. Don't be like the people that never made it to the promised land. God is saying, he wants you to be a Joshua. You got to have faith. Somebody, this is prophetic for somebody right now. I hope you're writing this down until you know you're on the edge. All right. If you get this right, everything else is going to fall into place. Amen. Glory. Woo. I don't know if I need to get Eden up here to start playing up here. Woo. Come on, brother. Come on. Thank you, Lord. I'm getting pumped. I'm getting pumped because something is about to break. Something is about to happen. We're seeing national breakthroughs. We're seeing global breakthroughs. God is saying it is time. You are at Gilgal. The last stop prophetically before the breakthrough is about to happen. Don't go back to Egypt now. This is our destiny. He didn't just bring us since he gosh the enemy's crafty, isn't he? He wants you to think he just brought you into this world for no reason. God's forgotten about you. Stay in that place. It's just stay in that place of stagnation. Nothing's gonna change. No prayer is gonna answer. You know how many times I've seen prayers answer? Come on, do you know how many times I've seen breakthrough happen? I don't think you hear me, church. How many times have I seen breakthrough happen after somebody's been in the wilderness for years? Woo! And then all of a sudden, you reach Gilgal, the last stop. And God is saying, this is your destiny. This is time to go into the promise that something very prophetic happened here. Right before, when they get to Gilgal, something happened. The manna was coming down from heaven, but then you know what happened here? All of a sudden, one day, they ate from the land. They ate from the land. What does that mean, they ate from the land? Why did they eat from the land? Because it was the promised land food that God had promised. See, sometimes we're so scared of something actually working out. We would rather stay back in another place because we're too scared to walk into the promised land. Sometimes we're scared to get the blessing. I know this because this has happened to me. You're scared to walk in your own shoes. You've been praying for something for a long time. And God's saying, you're at Gilgal, your breakthrough is coming. And people are like, I don't know, I'm too scared. Take me back to Egypt. No. We are entering into a promised land season. You may hear the news tell you that everything is messed up. You may hear people in your life tell you everything is messed up. 
Listen, I'm going to tell you this right now. This is one thing that God has taught me very much so. That, you know, people are saying, I don't know where God's going to get the money. I don't know where God's going to find the job. Let me tell you something about God. He created this whole thing. Do you think he's lacking one bit? Do you think he can't bring the finances? Come on. Do you think he can't give you the job? You're at Gilgal right now and you don't even know it. Yeah. Woo. Hallelujah. Amen. Woo. Somebody better preach in this place. Come on. Woo. I feel it. We're getting almost done here. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. What I'm going to do here, is there any ushers in the house right now? Danny, are you here? Yeah. Can somebody on this side, Michelle, maybe you can help me? Can you just pass these out? Now, here's the thing. You say, oh, well, here he goes. Here he goes. He's going to promote the church. It's not about that. I don't want you to get robbed of a blessing. Let me explain why. He's commissioned us. He's given us a, 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 a purpose. It isn't for no reason that we're sitting here in 2018 in Chatsburg, California. We have to get this right now. We're almost out here. I remember when I sat in Chatsworth, when I was a little kid, I went to Chatsworth Forsberg, and I remember at that time, people that came to the Lord. And I today, till this day, still see people serving the Lord. And I remember when they came to the Lord. You ever had an experience like that? Where 20, 30 years later, you see this person, and you remember the day they walked the aisle. And you know what? For some reason, the enemy's been trying to rob Chatsworth. Because there is a great little church sitting right in the dead center of Chatsworth, California. There's a great church that people don't even know is here. And we are holding back a blessing for somebody. And there's people struggling all over the city right now, everywhere I go. And you say, well, Todd, there's churches on every corner. I get it. But God's given us an assignment for here right now. Maybe he'll take us out here and bring us somewhere else. I don't know. But for right now, he's given us an air-conditioned, beautiful building in the city of Chatsworth, which happens to be the porn capital of the world. Wow. Of the world. Of yeah. the world. There is something strategic. He must have entrusted Pastor Lorraine because that is a big assignment. Plant in the porn capital. The place that's sending out the junk all around the world. People are struggling in the church. I don't want to start getting into the statistics. So how does this relate to me? Because look, let's, let's be honest. We all think, well, what does this have to do with me, right? I'm going to bring it home right now. I like this, man. We're going to have to do this more often. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. All right. Here's how it has to do with you. Hand out the church information, yes. But some of us have been stuck. And this is what God wants to do. Gilgal is where they got circumcised. And it was painful. It was painful. They had to recover. He even talks about that. But the thing is, is that when it was said and done, and everything got handled that needed to be handled, then guess what the next, the very next thing was? They stepped into the land of milk and honey. That's what God wants to do in our life. I don't care what somebody has told you tonight. God has a plan and a purpose in 2018. We're not defeated. Man, we're not defeated. Man, we're not defeated. No. Call that job out. Stand up right now. Stand up right now. 
close here. Just lift up your hand if you do that. I hope you do. All it is is a significant sign showing how that we love them. I just want to pray a blessing right now. In the name of Jesus, by the power and authority of the Holy Spirit of the living God. Right now, Lord God, somebody in this room has their hand, maybe both hands, raised. And they are parked in Gilgal. And people have told them that they ain't going nowhere. People have told them that you've been praying for a long time. But they've been getting mad at every single day because you know how I know that God, they're here. And all of a sudden, there's a transfer. It's a transfer of wealth in the supernatural where God says, you don't need the man anymore because I'm moving you into this new season. Maybe you come out of an addiction in your life. God said, that addiction is done. You have defeated it in Jesus' name. It's done. You're at Gilgal, and the next step is the promised land. Hallelujah. If you got your hand raised, praise the Lord. He's doing something now. Hallelujah. So, Lord, we just thank you that those that have lifted their hand in faith right now tonight are receiving this word because I believe it's prophetic for now. You're moving. Lord God, you're moving in this church, but Lord, you're moving in our lives. We've got to get circumcised. Bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah. It's okay. Because we know we're going to a place of milk and honey, Lord God. Lord God, you're the God I ever known. You can do all things. So we trust you and we praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus. And if you receive that word and agree with that prayer, let's just give him a shout of that praise. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. All right, let's worship him and get out of here. Yeah.